Hello beautiful people, welcome to another edition of Catanation Studios. I am Alex Catano and James Jordan from Wretched Threads joins the show as well as a special guest co-host coming back Adi Spellman. Enjoy the show. Awesome. So we're going to get ready to record a podcast. Okay. How are you guys? We're doing good. I'm very well. I'm glad we're all alive still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For those of you who do not know, we uh, this is the day that we had the thunder. This is the Monday of, and a lot of us miss work. <laughs> okay. So Alex and I go way back, actually. We we known each other. I used to work at the zoo. So Adi, James, how do you guys know each other? Uh, we actually, we've known each other, like, how long? Like, a couple months now. Like, uh, I was just checking out two clothing racks, I think. <laughs> and then you asked me, like, are you a vendor? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very observational. Like, uh, yeah, that's nice. That's where it's where a lot of the inspiration uh, comes from. A lot of my art, whether it be music, whether it be clothes, like it, it comes from just witnessing different walks of life, different cultures, and stuff like that. So when I when I'm passing stuff past the register, I just try to like think of what what it makes like i don't even know if i try to think i just think like instantly like huh this is what i would be getting this for because i'm constantly like price gauging everything because it's like the best and the worst part about working at walmart is you get to see oh, all yes, of the yes. great uh-huh. deals so it's just uh-huh. like constantly like looking like wow this is like a rolling clothing i was like oh, I, I should get one of these ones because it's like i'm sure like i'm looking at the wheels like it has like a little brake thing on it like see what yes. it rings up for it. and i'm like do you sell clothes and i like look up and i'm like I guarantee she does. Like, and then you you did, and it's so you know the most organic connections that you usually meet is just based off of like intuition, and it's just like you know when 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 your soul tells you something, you kind of got to just like go with it, you know. So uh, other creative individuals, I seem to gravitate towards no matter you know where I go, because yes. I'm an admirer of art forms of all types. It's actually funny, like talking to you, realizing that you've seen my parents' booths at like those events <laughs> up in LA and stuff like that. Like my parents are so much cooler than me. It's so funny. It's like, <laughs> like, the, 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 like three days after I moved out of the house, like they transformed my bedroom into this, like the laboratory for all <laughs> of her, like cosmetic line stuff. Like the floor is just like a big, like, it looks like it's just like a bloody mess, but they like painted it to look like that. Like, oh, like man. a theme. Yes, like it is so awesome. Like, Like, yes, her logo. She actually took that. It was a picture of some old pinup model in a a bathtub, and she photoshopped it like that because my dad uh, actually does silk screening. That's where I uh, learned how to like do all like this the types of silk screening stuff that I do, like the the color bleeds and the weird stuff. It comes from like skateboard silk screening, but my dad's been doing that since before I was born. So mm-hmm. him having Photoshop and then her having worked for uh, graphics, the bong company uh, back in the day, they had a location in National City. There was like a skateboard factory out of there. Like, uh, <laughs> it's a funny name to bring up right now, but Bam Margera, uh, I actually saw him skate there. Like, it's funny. 
I wish that guy the best of luck. I truly love Van Margera and things that he's done for, for the skate culture and stuff like that. But he's off the rails right now. But that's another subject. But I definitely got to see him skate at the graphics warehouse. It was actually pretty cool. So deep rooted uh, in the skateboard. And obviously, like, you know, my dad's very heavy into the punk rock thing. Like his bands are obviously way cooler than mine as well. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, by the way, like all from all of you, like since your parents are entrepreneurs, do you feel like some of their artwork or their art form like inspire the way your brand has been or like oh yeah, kind of like, in finding your own identity pretty much? I mean, to be completely honest, my mm -hmm. friends uh growing up that used to come to our house used to see the test print shirts, uh in and the box that used to fall and used to be like, dude, what are these shirts? These shirts look so cool. And to me and my dad, like, we looked at them like, these are just literally trash. Like, they're going to be thrown in the trash. Like, there's a bunch of logos that don't go together. Like, there's like, like <laughs> my friend took one. It was like, my dad ended up doing some shirts for the probation office. And like, we were on probation at the time. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't know what, like there was like some probation logo on these shirts and like, they thought it was like the funniest thing to just sit around and rock. <laughs> and, and so it inspired me to be like, you know what, what if I just put a bunch of different random logos on stuff and uh, just like really make these clothes look like how it feels in my head sometimes, you know, as far as finding my own identity, uh, a big part of it was uh, I was working at O'Reilly's and like some lady came in and offered me Narcan and because there was some homeless guy across the street. I didn't know how to feel about it. I was like, wait, what? What do, you, do I look like I do fucking fentanyl? You know, you know, like, do I look like that? Like, that's how I felt inside. But I, and as I'm taking it, she's like, you know, I'm not saying that you use it. I'm saying to potentially revive one of these homeless people around here. And I was like, dang, you know, that's crazy. So that inspired my, oh, you sell fentanyl. If you have a small dick, you could have said that. Like, I mean, I have ones that like are models that are a little bit more aggressive towards like that stuff. But like, you know, I'm very big, like, fuck hate, fuck racism, you know, like, I blatantly, just the injustice that I see from day to day, like, that's really what inspires the uh, the Wretched Threads brand. Criticism, like, the same with, like, music, because I know a lot of artists, like, I'll use, like, Eminem as an example, someone who is constantly, well, and at the time, he was, like, criticized because he was known to be, like, the hate guy, but in reality, he was trying to give a message so have you had that similar problem or issue <laughs> with the brands <laughs> actually yeah i've received some odd feedback on the the fentanyl shirts because uh people claim that it's body shaming and my defense to that is like fentanyl dealers right there's all kinds of problems with it is you know people who have drug addiction uh, if they're going to do some drug like cocaine, because that's what they're addicted to, and they die of fentanyl because someone was slipping it in there to try to get them addicted to something else, that's not fair. That's fucking stupid. You know, uh, people are are putting it in all types of things. I feel like fentanyl dealers completely fall out of the category of a human being. Like this, we're not body shaming a human here. We're body shaming a soulless piece of shit, in my opinion. You know, so uh, to that, that's been the thing that uh, people 
have said as far as that or like the upside down crosses not really realizing the properties of inversion you know like everything that's upside down is right side up realistically it's pursuing a righteous purpose through negative imagery because unfortunately in in this day and age people gravitate towards more negative imagery um that's why i like you know the, the the statement fuck hate like it seems like it's very aggressive but it's like actually saying something very positive like hate is a weapon of mass destruction to people you know what i mean like racism is a weapon of mass destruction to people uh greed you know i'm sorry i got some feisty dog running by but uh you know uh i really don't care what anyone says about like the body shaming thing it's been like all on like reddit you know stuff like that like i'm not down with that but that's about it you know and how long have you been in this business like um you mentioned that since a kid your father was kind of like a part of like branding and clothing clothing lines and at what point did you say well that's what i want to do when i was in the homeless shelter is when i decided that uh i wanted to make a clothing line i had lost someone to murder who is I was growing up, uh, not go, growing up, going up with in the music industry. And uh, I had also lost someone to uh, suicide. And it had struck me in a way that I hadn't been struck before. Um, I was running away from my responsibility as a father, I felt like. Uh, I had started doing cocaine. I never did that stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I started abusing alcohol. And I drove myself all the way back down to the homeless shelter and got myself clean. In the bunk, I started really deciding that I wanted to uh, create a clothing line that embodied the fact that imperfections make us perfect in our own way. You know, because I feel like even though like first say like these tattoos on my face, I feel like they're stupid. I wake up every day and I look at it like they're stupid as fuck and I regret them. But at the same time, I don't because I have a daughter. Right. So now I'm going to be able to show her like, hey. I'm not just telling you don't get tattoos on your face before you really know what you want. Like you, you'll look stupid and this is what you'll look like. I promise you, like you have this example right here that I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been making my own clothes since I was, you know, like in high school here and there, regular punk rock type of stuff. And I quit for a long time and was just making merchandise here and there for uh, different rap stuff that I was doing. But it was the moment in the homeless shelters where I really decided that I wanted to uh, actually go with the fashion thing, blend the street fashion with the punk fashion and all that stuff. Earlier, you mentioned that you were into a lot of like hip hop and rock, uh, more particularly punk rock. Um, I just want to learn, you know, just curious, like what were some of the bands and musicians that you grew up listening to and kind of what kind of gravitated towards um, getting into that kind of music? As far as rap music goes, my biggest influences in rap music are probably Mac Dre, without a doubt, number one, uh, Lil Wayne and Mac Dre, as far as music goes, as far as rap music goes. Those dudes are on another level with music, in my opinion. Mac Dre and Lil Wayne, probably my only, like, real true. Like, I'm inspired by a lot of different things, but uh, uh, rock music... um, I listened to Fear, the record, with my mom when I was seven. That was my introduction to uh, hardcore punk. Before that, I was, you know, Rage Against the Machine. I had got given a corn CD, a Slipknot CD. So from that, like, that that realm of it, and then turned into, like, being a super scene kid. But I was, like, screaming the, the fizzle dance on MySpace. That's how I kind of got, like, 
<laughs> MySpace famous back then in high school. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember MySpace. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm that old. I, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> definitely that old to have had a MySpace. When I say MySpace, some people are like, huh? <laughs> no, like, yeah, oh. you remember MySpace days. Like, I oh, yeah. remember we all used to decorate our profiles and put music on. Now it's you like, know how many people probably got like a career off HTML, like designing, like web designing, off and making their profiles, like. Realistically, oh my people gosh, probably yeah. started careers yeah, yeah. off that. So, were you ever like a scene kid? I never went through that phase. I had the whole, yep. I, the back of my hair was blonde. The front was black. The back was spiky. I wore girls seven jeans. The whole, yep, that was me. I was <laughs> in a band called Denial Runs Deep. Uh, I was in a band called Seconds from Disaster. I was in a band called Prepare for War. So I was a vocalist for a long time i started off playing drums honestly and then i switched from drums to learn how to play guitar and then between learning guitar i kind of picked up bass and then and, uh quit doing all that to be a vocalist and quit doing all that to be a music producer <laughs> that's cool i know i have a family member and i have family in chicago that mm. um I, we don't really we're not very close but it's my mom's sister my cousins, a one of my cousins actually has a band. Well, I don't know if he's still in the band, but I know he's a dad right now. He's like already like 32, 33 around your age, but like dad gang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like he he was in a death metal band. Mm-hmm. Um his name the name was Adelaide, I believe. And they Adeline. played it at Adelaide, something like that. I don't know much about the band, but like I just know. Isn't that your name? <laughs> I was like, are you just saying your name a different? <laughs> it's yeah, it sounds like my name, but it's like spelled differently. Yeah. No, I, I, I. There's a lot of like Atilia, a lot. There's like a lot of bands that are somewhat variations of your name for sure. Yeah, I was really into music at one point too. Like, I mean, I have a basic knowledge on like what um mics i'm supposed to use and like some audio (laughs) equipment and like softwares but i don't have like i haven't been able to like actually you know educate myself enough on youtube Mm -hmm. like other people have and i don't know i just feel like i should probably get back into it just learn more like it's amazing how much you can learn off youtube like it it is amazing some people put out even if it doesn't seem like a really good video, most of the time I still watch them because you'll find that golden nugget of information in between it. They might hit a button on accident sometimes and, and it's some cool effect that you see and it's like, whoa, like, you know, yeah. like YouTube is actually really cool. I actually want to start getting into uh, doing the tutorials about uh, how I dye things because people people ask stuff about that like it's actually really amazing the stuff you can learn off youtube <laughs> that a lot of people have really gotten into like making videos on how to make uh clothing lines um i know a lot of people who have been on the show um have been into wanting to uh start their own branding and clothing lines and embroidery shops and they show a lot of videos and like has there been any like inspiration as to like oh that's what i want to do as far as like another brand, um, there's a brand called uh, FTP, uh, Fuck the Population. Uh, I I like the what I like. I like a lot of the stuff that they make and I like how they do like limited stuff. So it's uh, 
Um, like what I do, I do a lot of one of one stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I will make things a certain way each time. Like even if I have a bunch of the same color shirts, like these shirts, for instance, were like a bright blue, like a very bright blue. Um, and I just take batches of them and I'll just throw different dyes at them to give different hue to the shirt. Um, because like it's imperfections make you perfect in your own way. So like in, when I look at something, if it's like too perfect to me, it's like, like, I don't, I don't, I like, I don't like it. Like there's like a medium ground. It's a, it's a weird thing. I don't know really how to explain, but, uh, representing, you know, like what it's like in my mind, what it feels like seeing this world through my eyes, through, through clothing, you know, like that's why I take, you know, the designer stuff and cut it up. You know, I see people risk their lives over this designer stuff every day and, you know, live through shit circumstances. And it's like, I'll go find this stuff at a thrift store and it's the same brand. And then I'll take it and I'll sew it on something cooler and then I'll sell it to you guys for a cheaper price. So people can still feel like they have that designer shit. But at the same time, my rooted element of it is like that shit doesn't really matter. I'm trying to illustrate to people like it literally can be thrifted like you don't have to if that's what you like and you like the brand that you don't have to spend so much money you know you don't have to just partake in the big consumer culture that's going on like you know in san diego like how many people came and bought so much stuff from walmart and it's like you know like when people believe the hype that's like the anti type of thing so ftp has like the anti-marketing type of thing that they do so their advertisements are the thing that inspired me definitely in the way that i want to go about marketing um i feel like the most way that i'm going to go about it in building my core fan base honestly is uh the free giveaways that i do because it's my contribution to punk rock fashion and punk rock music so the people who you know really might not have the money to support you know but want to support shit it's not all about money to me it's it's more about the statement that i'm trying to make that that nobody is perfect and that's what makes each and every one of us perfect in our own way you know that it's a very it's a very big thing to remember in this world with all the 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 standards uh the society's stand uh whatever the status quo um you know that people have to live by and you know when it's like you're looking online and you're seeing all these things and it's like mostly filters and stuff that's edited and you know nothing is really what it is i that's what i want to show in my marketing in my advertisement is really just the rawness of things and what it actually is that's why um like i like i told addy like i will i'll give you a free shirt you know what i mean just take like a picture in it and send it back like I, I i'd rather give stuff to people who i feel like would appreciate it who would help me um just with a simple imagery thing because the raw photos you know like not going to having some professional photo shoots and stuff like that like yeah that's 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 my take on it sorry if i stray off but it's it's a lot of deeply rooted elements and the reasons why i do everything that i do um and FTP definitely inspired me for sure. So that's my definite answer. FTP, fucked population. They inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember <laughs> that I took a class in college uh, during COVID. It was like a business class. I forgot what it was, but it was like uh, our, instru- well, our professor was telling us that there are sometimes Walmart, you know how they buy 
products like say like Coca-Cola, but they make it their own good value because the same thing, but they just put their name like the on Girl it. Scout cookies. Like they have the thin mints and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Like they, they buy it in just, they taste just like I know like at the zoo when I know can Alex relate to this because like we work together. Do you remember the zoo the zoo chews? Yeah. Okay, zoo so chew. they zoo chews is like the gummies and like all the snacks that they have at the zoo. Did you ever check that out at one point when you will go inside a store and they have zoo brand snacks? I, I don't I, think I ever paid attention to it, but as a like thinking back, like with my great grandma, like taking me there as a kid, I remember the like there was like a like some specific lion crackers that I used to get there for sure. But I don't know about the zoo chews. My hip. Yeah, it has changed a lot. Like they changed their their branding a lot. I think right now, well, I think they're still called the same zoo chews, but they just changed the logo to like a more colorful one. Because before mm. it was like a brown bag with just colorful letters. And now it's like the whole bag is like all colorful with like jungle design style. It's like kind of cool, but the snacks kind of suck because they, they buy it in bulk. So it's like they put it in there and like they just have people buy them for like $8 or 9 I like silks. That's why I, I like silk screening. Um, I mean, I do stuff with like stencils sometimes, but... Uh mass production and like the direct to garments and like the heat presses and stuff like that i don't know i'd rather it look how it does when if if like perhaps it wasn't dried all the way uh, if the silk screen falls off because sometimes i do leave it in certain places so when it does wash out it, it does have the effect of it looks old even though it's not um i do all kinds of really weird things but uh that's what that makes me think of is like just the the sacrificing the quality of the brand for um just mass production and trying to trying to make money you know what i mean like jeopardizing the integrity of the product at the end of the day in the corporate world's terms like taco bell waiting five days to clean the fryers because i knew i worked at hodad's for for uh for alex dude i wanted to say uh for sure thank you uh uh giving a chance to hear the story out because it'll uh you know also give me clip you know for content of whatever i screen record or save or whatever you send me to post through little clips or whatever i feel like to put in back of tiktok reels and stuff like that but also i'm looking to uh start doing like more events and i do know a lot of um like i said artists uh predominantly rap artists producers engineers um i know a lot of people in the hip-hop community and like i was telling you before we started here there's a lot of really cool hispanic artists man and i i would love for uh to give them some type of platform to be heard as well because uh there's a lot of really cool music coming out of san diego i feel like right now a lot of really cool music oh yeah there is uh because i remember like i've been dying to get a musician on the show when like i'm in season six of the show mm -hmm. my first musician was back in season two and funny enough i actually went to high school with that individual and I was just kind of scrolling around Lemon Grove. No, not Lemon Grove. Um, yeah, it was uh, downtown. But like I was just kind of scrolling down. Little Italy, that's the place. And mm. and uh, then I was just like kind of running into singers and stuff. And that's kind of how I started, you know, getting more people. So I like the idea of just diversing like the individuals from uh, artists, singers, uh, nonprofits. Like so 
kind of giving everybody a voice. That's kind of why my slogan is always "We are Cat the Nation." Yeah, like it, San Diego needs more uh, more platforms that are for the people. You know, like for everything that we do, there is so much great art and so much i just want to just say again thank you for being on the show anything uh you want to plug i gotta get you a shirt yeah, yeah dude, i gotta i gotta get you i gotta i gotta get you a shirt like i have i have this one like this is like my california love one this is like one of my more urban ones where it's like actually my like a lo- my california logo with the dripping heart in it like i i don't just make like like the goth type punk stuff but uh no um shout out to my brother broken star you know i love you you're a little hoe, but I love you. Uh, everybody in San Diego, you know what I mean? Doing their thing. I just appreciate, I appreciate everyone who's uh, just really being themselves right now. We have a, a really cool era of stuff going on. And people like you who are allowing us to have platforms to be able to explain the artistry and the stories behind the artistry. You know, it's a very big thing, you know, because you never know who's going to take off. So when they come back and they see it, they want to learn about the actual thing because the cult fan base is a big thing this is one of those things that allows people to have a solid fan base as to where they can hear the background so it's a really cool thing that you're doing for all types of people james jordan everybody with adi spellman as a co-host this was a great episode it was very fun to kind of mix in uh what adi had to say what i had to say and james being a great guest here it was such a blast and i just cannot wait for more catenation however next week there will not be a podcast because i need a personal day off for myself and also i need to start recruiting the last bit of guests before we get to the epic 100 podcast which will be on november 11th live from tierra central And there's just a lot that's going on, but I promise you when I come back, which will be the following week, we're going to be wrapping up and get the final five shows before the Epic 100 podcast. So we'll see you all then. And never forget, we are Gata Nation. And that was another edition of Catenation Studios here on wearecatenation.buzzsprout.com. Make sure to check out other episodes on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And to follow me on Instagram, go to at wearecatenation, Catenation Studios for more.